Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is South Dakota State University Extension Pesticide Education and Urban Entomology Field Specialist, Dr. Amanda Bachman. We'll hear from her after this. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Dr. Bachman, based at the Peer Regional Center. First, when we're talking about pesticide safety, pesticide certification, what are some of the important education pieces that just as members of the general public you think uh, are valuable to know and remind us of? So pesticides, it's a really big sort of umbrella term for anything that gets used to, say, kill insects, kill weeds. So, you know, it's not just insecticides, herbicides. We also have rodenticides. And I want homeowners to be aware and the general public that anything that you pick up, if it's got that tiny print on it from the EPA, that it's really important to read and follow those label directions. You know, those labels are there to make sure that you are using that product as efficiently and safely as possible to reduce the risk to you, your family, your pets, your kids, and the environment. So it's not just folks that are doing pesticide applications for money or people who are maybe applying pesticides to their own agricultural land, but the general public does have access to a lot of products as well that are under that term pesticide. Read and follow label instructions. What are we talking about? Is that the label and quite often also lots of little print there too? Is that what you're talking about? Read that whole thing? Yes. So these are products that, you know, per sort of federal regulations that the label has to fit entirely on the package. So for, say, a weed killer that you're picking up, you know, over the counter at a big box store, your hardware store, your local garden center, that label, you might actually have to do the little thing where you like peel it off a little bit and it accordions out and it's got all those directions. One thing that I found that's really useful is you can often find all of those labels online in PDF form. So if you're somebody who needs, you know, magnification or you just want to, you know, be able to sort of search the product for, you know, the sites that it's allowed to be used on, if you pull up that PDF, those are often, you know, a little bit more accessible and easier to read. But all of the label directions are going to be on those products and they include the instructions for not only how to apply it, but also how to store of it, how to dispose of it, and what sort of safety equipment or personal protective equipment you should be wearing when you're doing any of those things. So it is really important. I tell especially homeowners and people who are gardening and looking for products for their garden to read those directions before you buy the product, because if there's anything on there that you don't want to do or you're not able to do, put it back on the shelf and pick something else. General public, uh, we, as you mentioned, we can uh, find some of these products over the counter at the store, the hardware store, the garden center, uh, like you said. So how do we differentiate between who needs to get certification and go through the training courses that you provide in cooperation with the uh, South Dakota Department of Ag and Natural Resources versus who can just buy these products without certification? Yeah, great question. There, There's kind of, you know, sort of three different tracks for, you know, pesticide application in the state of South Dakota. If you are somebody who is applying pesticides for money, so somebody is hiring you to apply, you know, say herbicide in a road ditch, you are a commercial applicator. If you are somebody 
who is working for, say, the state or the county or, you know, local government, and you are, you know, applying herbicide to the courthouse lawn, you would also need to have a commercial applicator license because you are doing that pesticide application as part of your job duty. So you are still being paid to apply pesticides. If you are somebody who, say, owns, you know, ag land or you've got cows, you know, you've got livestock or something, and essentially you can um, produce more than $1,000 of an ag commodity. So, like, that's like a cow these days. Maybe a couple chickens. Who knows? Eggs are expensive. Um, It's true. (laughs) But those folks have to have a private applicator certification. And that, you know, that one certification will cover pretty much anything that you're doing on your own land, whereas the commercial applicators, they do need to pick up the categories that cover the specific things that they're doing. So somebody might have a commercial applicator license and like three or four categories that go along with that, uh, whereas a private applicator, you're just going to have that private applicator certification, and that allows you to access restricted-use chemicals as well. Um, restricted-use products are not available to the general public, without having either that private applicator certification or that commercial applicator certification. Um, So the stuff that you can go and buy as a homeowner and apply yourself, a lot of those products tend to be, you know, more dilute. They have sort of like the the signal words of, you know, caution or warning. You're really not very frequently going to find something with the signal word um, danger, danger, poison. You might, though. There's some pretty harsh... um, cleaning products and sometimes things that are out there to, um, you know, kill mice and rats and that kind of stuff. Some of those things, you know, you can absolutely have household chemicals with danger, danger, poison on them. And again, you got to read and follow those label directions to make sure that you are, you know, keeping them out of the hands of kids or pets or other, you know, people or, you know, things that might be injured by them. How about storage information? Is that is that on those those labels too, as far as like, I'm thinking temperature or heat or freezing that is that kind of information there too? Storage information is also on the label, and that's also really important because you don't want to have things going through like a freeze-thaw cycle that will often sort of put products out of condition. I know I'm guilty of having some, you know, Roundup that came with my house that's been in my garage for, at this point, eh, 10 years. I'm probably not going to be trying to apply that to kill kosher in my yard, and if I do, it's probably not going to do what I want it to because at this point, it's probably, you know, pretty well degraded and not going to be super effective. So when you are storing these products, I know for, you know, the commercial folks, they'll often have a dedicated pesticide storage shed um, that has, you know, restricted access. So only people who are certified and licensed can access it, but also, you know, it's stored in a way that the products have secondary containment. So if something leaks, it's not going to combine with something else. Uh, Usually they have, you know, some better like drainage, access to water, you know, the safety equipment is maybe nearby. Um, A lot of times with these products at a minimum, you need to be wearing, you know, long sleeves, um, Um, long pants. But usually there are also something about gloves on the label. So making sure that you've got, you know, the nitrile gloves of the appropriate thickness or the appropriate material, um, as well as maybe safety goggles, perhaps a respirator for some things that come in like a dust formulation. So there's a ton of information on the label, which is why read and follow those label directions. (laughs) And for, you know, homeowners, if there's something on there about mixing or, you know, needing a certain kind of application tool, and you don't have that, just 
put that right back. <laughs> Go pick something else or consider hiring, you know, one of your friendly, you know, local um, commercial pesticide applicators to do the job for you. How often do our agricultural, our, our private, our farmers, our, our ranchers need to get recertified? Do they after they've been certified? And then same with commercial. Is this something that technology is changing and products are changing so that we have to kind of like our driver's license <laughs> renew every so often? Yes, both private and commercial have sort of different renewal periods. For private applicators, their certification is good for three years. So we now see those folks every three years. It used to be a longer period of time, but there have been some changes to federal and state regulations. So three years for those private applicators. And then for commercial applicators, they recertify every two years. So we essentially see them like every other year. And, you know, we do the the trainings every year regardless. So it's not like, you know, if you certify this year, you got to wait or anything. Um, we do trainings and courses every year for the commercial and the private applicators. And I don't know if it was intentional during February, but it's <laughs> happening in South Dakota during February. A few of the commercial and the private applicator certifications are happening and they can happen in person or online, depending on what works for a person's schedule. Is that right? Yes. So post-COVID, we've actually gone to sort of a hybrid approach to delivering these programs, which really helps to get more of our experts in front of people without maybe as much windshield time. <laughs> so I appreciate that in the winter. Uh, one of the reasons that a lot of this happens in January and February is because our commercial applicators, their licenses expire the last day of February. So we try to get them through the course online or into one of our in-person meetings before the end of February so they can just sort of seamlessly renew and get their new card in March from Department of Ag and Natural Resources. So for private applicators, we actually do have a private applicator certification coming up on February 8th, and that's available via Zoom. So if you're comfortable with Zoom, you can actually register and just watch from home. I had one guy email and said, he's like, oh, this was great. I could sit in my comfy couch with my you know, my drink and my snacks. He's like, this was fantastic. So some people really, really enjoy the ability to be able to do this. It's a three hour training. So it's important to be comfortable. So they like being able to do that from home. But if you're somebody who's maybe not super into Zoom, and you know, you're not comfortable with that technology, we do have the ability for you to register and come to one of our regional centers around the state. So we'll be here in Pier hosting people. But you know, if you're in, you know, Rapid or Sioux Falls, or you know, Watertown or Winter, you can go go to your sort of closest office and watch the PAT with us there. Uh, for commercial applicators, we have an online course that runs through the end of February, and all of the commercial applicator categories are available in that online class. We have a few categories that are actually available in person. We'll be doing our sort of last loop of the state, uh, President's Day week, so like the 21st, 22nd, 23rd-ish. We'll be in Aberdeen, Pier, and then Rapid City. And for folks who have the, the ag categories, uh, you can come, you know, register, come see us in person and do your recertification that way. But if you have some of the, the smaller categories, maybe aquatic or ornamental and turf, you're going to have to go through that online course. And that's available, you know, 24-7. You just have to finish it before the end of February. So again, you can do that from the comfort of your sofa with your drinks and your snacks <laughs> and be comfortable and do that at your own pace. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota.
Minnesota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, Chad at 605-870-0697, or Wade at 605-730-1801. Being the rural state, as you mentioned, you know, windshield time here in South Dakota, you know, a lot of us have seen, you know, a big commercial applicator out in the field or maybe, uh, you know, just a a farmer with their individual sprayer on the four wheeler, you know, going Mm -hmm. up and down. When they're going through the certification, what are some of the cautions, points, things that you talk to them to be watchful for and thinking of? Yeah, we go over some general safety information. So always read and follow those label directions. I say that a lot during the trainings. We also want to share with them information about maybe some of the latest pesticides that have perhaps been in the news or been important for South South Dakota. I know dicamba, especially the dicamba that's applied over the top of the dicamba-resistant soybeans, that's been sort of a big deal for about the past, I think at this point, almost five years. And that has some product-specific training requirements. And we, you know, we share those requirements with folks and make sure that they're going to the right places to get what they need in order to be sort of in compliance for the upcoming application season. We also go over information about weather and climate and share with them some of the tools that are available through the SDSU um, Mesonet that they can look at for inversions um, so they can kind of figure out maybe what's the drift potential, you know, what's the wind speed, those things. Because, you know, our applicators out there, they want to be making a good application because if you screw it up, you're losing money and you're losing time. Um, and so nobody wants that to happen. So we are, you know, sort of going through those those regulations with them, some of the safety tips, the tools that are available in the state of South Dakota. We also encourage our, uh, not only our applicators, but also our, you know, producers, your organic specialty crop, you've got an apiary to go to FieldWatch and register there, you know, register either your site or your application area so that we can facilitate communication between the producers and the applicators so that we can maybe cut down on some of the number of complaints that happen, you know, because of drift or bees or things like that. So there's a ton of information that we're sharing. We're also, you know, passing out the handouts and things that we've made over the past year, which a lot of those are available as PDFs on our website. So our pest management guides are really popular this time of year, going over all of the chemicals that are available for like soybeans, corn, alfalfa and oil seeds and wheat, you know, the things that you need for, you know, insects, um, plant diseases and weeds. So those are available at our trainings. Those are available for our private applicators. And I do have um, a link available if people want to have us mail some copies if they're not going to be able to see us in person. How about uh, folks that uh, have never been uh, certified for application, whether it be on their farm or ranch or the, the commercial side, or um, were certified, it's lapsed, and now need to get certified again? Does that have to happen in February too, or are there options year-round to maybe get caught up on that if you happen to you know grab a summer job in May or June or something like that? Yeah, if you realize perhaps by listening to this that you're like, oh no, I need to be certified, because <laughs> that's the thing is the Department of Ag is our regulatory agency, so they will do like spot checks around the state, you know, checking records and that kind of stuff. In the in South Dakota, you if you are the one applying product, you have to be certified. We don't have supervision in the state, so that's one of the reasons that we have sort of so many pesticide applicators. But for private applicators, you can get your initial certification via. Uh, training. So you can come to the Zoom meeting with us and get your initial certification that way. Um, Or you can take a test, which nobody really likes the test option. Or we do have an online course for the private applicators that you can go through at your own face and 
at your own pace and get your certification that way. And the course and the exam are available year round. So you can do those, you know, if you realize that, oh, you know, my cousin's going to be working the farm this summer as, you know, part of the family and they're 18 and they need to get their private applicator certification, they can do that, you know, in June when you realize that you don't have to just do it with us in the winter. For commercial applicators to get that initial certification, they do have to take exams. The exams are proctored. They're multiple choice. So, you know, a lot of people have some test anxiety or maybe it's been a while since you've taken an exam, but they are set up to be, you know, multiple choice, 70% to pass. So I feel like they're pretty reasonable, um, but you can um, set up an appointment to take those exams at our regional centers and a lot of our county offices. And those are available year round. So you can get your initial certification anytime. And if you somehow manage to miss us at the recertification, you can take those exams again to keep your categories current. I know a lot of folks really like being able to do the online course and we do, you know, we had that open in December. So folks had about three months to, to get their uh, certification renewed. So once you sort of take that test and get in on the two year cycle, you definitely want to keep an eye out for the postcards and the emails from Department of Ag, letting you know when we're gearing up again for those recertification trainings and online course. Keeping track of which pesticide you applied, when, where, how much, are there some easy uh, tips and tricks for keeping records and, and keeping that stuff handy in your, your tractor, your you know farm pickup so that you can quickly reference it in case something would happen? Yes, record keeping is very important and it's also required by the state of South Dakota for pesticide applicators. Commercial applicators and private applicators do have to keep their records for a certain amount of time. I believe it's, I want to say it's like two years after the date of application, but those have to be, you know, kept. They have to be available for inspection. So if you are licensed, you definitely want to make sure that you're keeping those records. And I believe there's about 13 things that you have to do for each record. And those are all available on the Department of Ag website. They do have sort of like a sample form. You can keep those records in any way. If you have an app that you like to use, some of our surrounding states have some, you know, nice record keeping apps. You can use one of those. You can use a notebook. We recommend, you know, not paint it on, you know, writing it on the side of the barn door, because then if you paint over the barn door, there goes your records. So, you know, we do recommend having, you know, either a paper copy or a digital copy. And then one of the tips that I have for applicators and even homeowners too, is if you've got products in your house that have that pesticide label, find that PDF copy, you know, scan it, take a picture or whatever, and put it in a folder or a binder altogether, because those labels also have the information about first aid. So if you spilled it on yourself, accidentally inhaled it, got in your eye, I swallowed it, that, you know, it tells you sort of what to do in case of emergency. And those labels are also handy for medical professionals. So if something happens and maybe you're incapacitated, but somebody else can knows about that binder, knows to grab it, and that'll really help with your care in case of emergency. So definitely put those labels together in a binder, have them someplace, make sure that other people in your home or operation know about that binder, just because that's a really great way to have information available quickly in a crisis. That pesticide, whether we bought it, you know, from our hardware store, garden center, or have a farm or ranch commercial version, it's been sitting around for a while, jugs maybe half full, third full, got a little bit left, or kind of forgot it got 
pushed to the back of the shelf. What about disposal of these type of things? The proper ways to do that? Is there a certain time of year that things are collected? How do we handle that? Yeah, South Dakota Department of Ag and Natural Resources has an unusable, unusable pesticide collection program. So you can get in touch with the Department of Ag and schedule a time to either drop off those products at one of, I think, two locations in the state, either Pier or I want to say down in Vermilion. Or uh, they do sometimes come around the state, but not generally for the pesticide pickup. They do come around the state, uh, one sort of location per county in the summer to do container recycling. So if you're somebody that has the, the you know five-gallon jugs or the totes, there are container recycling opportunities during the summer. And you want to definitely pay attention to the Department of Ag and Natural Resources for the news release with those dates. And those both of those services are actually free for South Dakotans. There is no charge to you, the person dropping off the product or the containers, and that helps us to, you know, dispose of those properly in the state because it is illegal to burn pesticide containers in the state of South Dakota for many reasons. Um, You know, it's not good for the environment. It's also not good to be inhaling that burning plastic and who knows what else. So we do want people to be availing themselves of the recycling opportunities. And in some of our larger metro areas, I believe uh, Sioux Falls has some household hazardous waste collection, but but for the most part, it is Department of Ag that is uh, doing sort of the, the pickup and collection of those unusable pesticides and also the pesticide containers. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation and Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.